Bible study. I just want to thank you for taking the time to join us. And before we begin our time of worship, I want to read a passage from Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. It goes like this. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and they fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So as we enter this time of worship, we just pray, God, that you help just have these words resonate in our heart, that we will just adopt them as we wait upon you, Lord, and Zoe will lead us. I have decided, I have resolved to wait upon you, Lord, my rock Oh 
in the midst of our battle. We sing our raise a hallelujah. Storm, louder and louder. 
Hey everyone, and welcome to Women's Bible Study. It is great to be with you. I'm excited uh, to be with you and for us to continue in our study in the book of Acts. And as we are talking about what it means to live with purpose. And today specifically, we're gonna be talking about freedom. So I don't know about you, but sometimes it can feel like a lot of things in life are hard. Maybe it's hard things for you personally. Maybe it's hard things going on for friends or family. Maybe it's the tough things going on in the world around us. But oftentimes it can just feel like things are tough. And sometimes we can get to this point of feeling like nothing's really ever going to change. Is change really possible? Sometimes change feels impossible and it can just feel like this is how it's always going to be. There was a season when one of the things that felt hard for me was my marriage. And I want you to hear me say I absolutely love my husband and my kids and this amazing, amazing life that God has given me. But there was a period of time where marriage just felt hard. It felt difficult. And there were several factors related to that, but it just felt like no matter how much I prayed or how much I sought counsel, nothing was really changing. I was tired of struggling. I longed for the days when marriage was easy and good. I wanted God to heal my marriage and make it good again. I don't know what it is for you, but I think we all have areas where we want things to change, where we long for freedom and rescue, and sometimes it just feels like nothing's ever gonna change. Is change even possible? Maybe you're struggling financially and the bills and the debt just feel overwhelming right now. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction and you just can't seem to get free or you're battling anxiety and anxious thoughts. Maybe what feels hard for you is singleness or going to a job every day that you don't really love. Or maybe there's a situation going on at home or with your kids. Or maybe you're just ready to be free from this COVID situation. You want to be able to hang out with people and see people without having to social distance and put on a mask. But you just feel like, where, where's the end? The end doesn't feel like it's in sight. Sometimes there are situations in life that feel impossible and it can be easy for us to give up hope. We can start to believe that rescue and freedom and change aren't possible. But what I want you to hear today is that there is hope. For any situation that feels impossible, there is hope for freedom and rescue. There is a rescuer that can rescue us from anything and free us from whatever binds us with God. It is possible to be rescued from what feels impossible. Let's pray. 
God, thank you so much for Women's Bible Study and the gift of this ministry. Thank you for every woman who is leading a group. Thank you for every woman who is in a group and participating and watching these videos. And God, I just pray that you would speak to them, Lord, that you would encourage them, that you would challenge them. God, I pray that you would speak through me, Lord. I pray that your word would minister to people today. And God, I just pray that you would give us greater and greater freedom in you, Jesus. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today we're going to be in Acts 12, and here's what we read in Acts 12, verses 1 through 11. About that time, King Herod laid violent hands upon some who belonged to the church. He had James, the brother of John, killed with the sword. After he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the festival of unleavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison and handed him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. While Peter was kept in prison, the church prayed fervently to God for him. The very night before Herod was going to bring him out, Peter, bound with two chains, was sleeping between two soldiers while guards in front of the door were keeping watch over the prison. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He tapped Peter on the side and woke him, saying, get up quickly, and the chains fell off his wrists. The angel said to him, fasten your belt and put on your sandals. He did so. Then he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Peter went out and followed him. He did not realize that what was happening with the angel's help was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. After they had passed the first and the second guard, they came before the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went outside and walked along a lane when suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hands of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting." So here's what's happening. Peter, one of the apostles and church leaders, is in prison and God sends an angel to rescue him. But this isn't the first time Peter has been rescued from prison. Earlier in Acts, Peter and John were in prison, but the officials eventually let them go. And in Acts, the apostles were in prison, but God sent an angel to free them. It's interesting, however, that in this chapter of Acts, when Luke, the author of Acts, is described the prison scene, he gives quite a bit of detail about the security measures that were taken. There were four soldiers guarding Peter. He was bound with two chains. So there would have been one soldier likely chained to each of Peter's arms. There were guards inside and outside. Herod knew that Peter had escaped jail before with the help of an angel. So he was probably trying to ensure that didn't happen again. When Luke gives us these details about the guards and the chains, it makes this situation feel or look impossible. It makes it seem like how could Peter ever escape with this much security? But as we know, and as Peter knew, it doesn't matter how many guards there are or how many chains are holding you, because with God, it is possible to be rescued from what seems impossible. There are situations in your life and my life that seem impossible. There may be ways that you feel imprisoned or trapped or stuck, but this story reminds us that God can rescue us from any situation. Peter's chains literally fell off. The prison doors were opened. God can rescue us even when rescue looks impossible, but that doesn't mean that we will always be freed or rescued in the exact way that we want to. 
We just read a story about God rescuing one of his apostles, but I wanna remind us how this story begins. The story starts with one of Jesus's apostles who isn't rescued, but instead he's killed. Verse two says, he, referring to Herod, had James, the brother of John, killed with the sword. Like Peter, James was one of Jesus's apostles. And like Peter, James was part of Jesus's inner circle. He was one of the three guys that Jesus took to places that he didn't take the rest of the apostles to. But in this chapter of Acts, we read that Peter is rescued and James is not. James was martyred, meaning that he was killed for his faith in Jesus. And James wasn't the first Christian martyr. The first Christian martyr was Stephen, who's talked about earlier in the book of Acts, but James is the first apostle to be martyred. And I think it's important that this chapter begins with the death of James, because it reminds us that while God is able to rescue us from situations that seem impossible, that doesn't mean he will always rescue us from those situations. James wasn't rescued from Herod, but Peter was. In 2 Corinthians 12, we are told that Paul asked God three times to remove a thorn in his flesh. And we don't know what that thorn was, but we do know it was something Paul wanted to be removed from him. He wanted to be done with it. He wanted to be freed from this thorn in his flesh. He asked God three times to take it away. And God's answer to him was no. God said, my grace is sufficient for you for power is made perfect in weakness. Is there anything that you have asked God to free you from, but he hasn't given you the freedom you want? I've struggled with anxiety for most of my life. It feels to me like a thorn in my flesh. And I have prayed so many times that God would just remove it and take it away from me. I so long to be, I so long to be free from the burden of anxiety, but that still hasn't happened for me yet. I've experienced some freedom, but I still struggle with anxiety on a regular basis. And as much as I wish it wasn't my struggle and as much as there might be struggles you have that you wish weren't your struggle, we have to choose to believe and trust where God's word says that he will work all things together for good for those who love him. God has used my struggle with anxiety to deepen my relationship with him, to help me depend on him, and to remind me of the truth that I'm not perfect. He's also used it as a way for me to minister to others. I constantly find myself sharing my experience with anxiety when I'm in conversations with others as a way to empathize with them and uh, care well for them and just to speak truth and to give hope to people who are carrying similar burdens. I have not yet been fully rescued from my anxiety, but there are places in my life where God has rescued me and freed me and you likely have those places as well because with God, it is possible to be rescued from what seems impossible. So with our time remaining, I wanna point out three things I think we can learn from this chapter in Acts about freedom. First, we can pray for freedom. We can pray for freedom. Verse five says, while Peter was kept in prison, the church prayed fervently to God for him. When it says the church prayed fervently, other versions say earnest prayer for him was made or prayer was made without ceasing. I think there's a reason that Luke includes this detail. I think he wants to remind us that prayer matters, that prayer changes things. God rescued 
Peter, but the prayers of the church played a role in his rescue. And even if you already know this to be true, even if you're sitting here thinking, I know this, prayer changes things, prayer matters, I believe that prayer changes things. If we're honest, it's easy for us to sometimes forget that truth, that prayer changes things. Sometimes it's easy to rely on ourselves and our own strength. And it's so easy to forget that there is more power in one prayer than in 1,000 actions we could take on our own. Be reminded today of the truth that prayer changes things. Wherever you are seeking change or freedom in your life, would you hear the invitation to pray? And not just to pray for yourself, but to pray for others as well. The church prayed without ceasing for Peter. Who are you praying for? Who in your life needs freedom and rescue? I think most of us would say, we don't necessarily pray for people as much as we could or as consistently as we should. What keeps you from praying for others? And how can you begin to pray more, trusting that there is great power in our prayers because we pray to a God who is so powerful? Only God can free people. Only God can change people. But just like the church had a role to play in the rescue of Peter, we have a role to play in helping others find freedom and find rescue. This Women's Bible Study session, we're talking about what it looks like to live with purpose. And one of the ways we can live with purpose is to pray for others. Walter Wink, a biblical scholar and theologian said this, History belongs to the intercessors who believe the future into being. An intercessor is someone who prays for others. So when you intercede for someone, you are bringing their needs and their requests to God. You're asking God to move in that person's life. Wayne Grudem, a Christian theologian, said, if we were really convinced that prayer changes the way God acts and that God does bring about remarkable changes in the world in response to prayer, as scripture repeatedly teaches that he does, then we would pray much more than we do. If we pray little, it is probably because we do not really believe that prayer accomplishes much at all. How much do we believe that prayer accomplishes and changes things? If you're not sure how to pray, or maybe you would, you would sit here and say, hey, I've never really prayed before. I don't even know what prayer is. The simplest way I can explain it is to say that prayer is a conversation with God. It is a chance for you to talk to him and to hear from him. And so if you've never prayed or you want to grow in your prayer life, I would encourage you, start talking to God and having conversation with him. Bring him your thanks and your praise. Bring him your requests. Tell him what you need and ask him to help you to trust him and to grow your trust and your faith in him. In whatever area of your life you are longing for freedom, pray. Pray for those around you and then also invite others to pray for you. Sometimes we are struggling and the people in our lives don't even know we're struggling or they don't even know how to pray for us because we haven't shared it with them or we haven't asked them to pray for us. So in whatever area of your life you are longing for freedom or rescue, I encourage you to share that with others and to ask them to pray for you and with you. Ask your women's Bible study group to pray for you. I know it might feel vulnerable or even scary to ask for prayer, but I want to remind us that prayer changes things. Prayer matters. Prayer changes things because the God to whom we pray has the power to change and free us. So pray for freedom. 
Second, we have a part to play. We have a part to play. Peter could never have been rescued from prison without God. What happened, what we read about in Acts 12 is miraculous. All of the glory goes to God for how he rescued and freed Peter from that prison. But in Acts 12, we see that Peter had a part to play in his rescue. God sent the angel, but Peter had to do what the angel told him to do. When the angel said, fasten your belt and put on your sandals, Peter did it. Peter followed the angel. Peter had to get up and walk out of the prison. If he had stayed in prison instead of following the angel, then he wouldn't have been freed. Where are you longing for freedom and rescue in your own life? Maybe you wish that God would send an angel and just rescue you and free you immediately and miraculously like he did Peter. But even if God doesn't send an angel, he often sends help our way. He sends helpers. He sends people to encourage and challenge us and speak truth to us. We have a part to play. We have to respond and take action. I shared with you earlier my personal struggle with anxiety and one of the steps I've taken to find freedom in the midst of anxiety is counseling. On and off for over a decade, I have seen a Christian counselor and there have been times where my counselor has recommended the help of anxiety medication and there have been seasons, including this present season right now, where I believe that medication was a gift from God that he used to give me greater freedom from anxiety than I was finding apart from medication. Sometimes our part to play in finding freedom seems scary. I'll admit the first time I decided to try anxiety medication, I was fearful. It was a big decision for me. I thought about it a lot and wrestled with it, but I am so glad I did not let my fear hold me back. Be honest about what keeps you from doing your part to moving towards greater and greater freedom and ask God to give you the strength and the courage to do what you need to do. What step can you take to partner with God toward greater freedom in an area of your life where you are longing for change and rescue? So first, we can pray for freedom. Second, we have a role to play. And then third, we can use our freedom for a purpose. I want us to look at what Peter does after God frees him from prison. Here's what we read in Acts 12, verses 12 through 17. As soon as he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many had gathered and were praying. When he knocked at the outer gate, a man named, a maid named Rhoda came to answer. On recognizing Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the gate, she ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you are out of your mind, but she insisted that it was so. They said, it is his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the gate, they saw him and were amazed. He motioned to them with his hand, to be silent and describe for them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he added, tell this to James and to the believers. Then he left and went to another place. So after Peter is freed, the first place he goes is to the house where people were gathered and praying for him. He went to tell the people who'd been praying for him that God had rescued him. By doing this, Peter is giving the glory back to God. He is telling people that what seemed impossible was actually possible because of God. God rescued him. And not only does Peter tell this to the people in the house, but he wants them to tell this to others. He says, tell this to James 
and to the believers. And Peter isn't talking here about the same James we mentioned earlier who was martyred, but he's talking about James, the brother of Jesus, who was a leader in the church in Jerusalem. When Peter says, go and tell this to James and to the believers, I think Peter wants the news of God's miraculous rescuing power to encourage other believers and to strengthen and build their faith. I know for me, it strengthens my faith when I hear stories from other people about how God has moved in their lives, how God has brought about change or healing in their lives. And even if I'm still in a place where I'm struggling, even if I'm still in a place where I'm not finding the freedom that I'm asking for or longing for, stories of other people experiencing God and experiencing change because of God, those stories encourage me. They build my faith. They remind me of God's power and all that he can do. If God has freed you, then it is not just for your own sake, but it is also for the sake of others. God's heart is that we would love others and serve others and that we would be on mission with him. How can you use your freedom to help others be free? How can you use your freedom to encourage and strengthen others? Who are you encouraging simply by running to their home, knocking on their door and saying, God freed me, God freed me. Let me tell you the story of how good God has been to me. I shared earlier about a season where I faced some difficulties in my marriage and I wasn't seeing the change and the freedom that I was hoping for. But last year, in 2020, one of the craziest and hardest years for so many people on so many levels in so many different ways, God healed my marriage. God used last year and this COVID season to change and rescue and strengthen my marriage. It didn't happen overnight. An angel didn't appear and give us immediate rescue, but it happened slowly and over time. And I also had a part to play in it. My husband and I chose to do some marriage counseling. We chose to have hard conversations and honest conversations. And God did his part. God did what only he could do. And the only way I know how to explain it is to say, God healed my marriage. In 2020, the crazy year of 2020, God healed my marriage. I have a friend and mentor who is so, so wise, and I often go to her for counsel in tough situations. And so I had talked with her some previously about my marriage and what was hard, and she had offered me wisdom and truth. But the first time I saw her in person after things had so drastically changed in my marriage, I walked up to her and I was so excited to share with her the good news of the work that God had done in my marriage. I don't remember exactly what I said to her, but I probably said something along the lines of, my marriage is so, so good. It feels like it did when we were first married. God healed my marriage. Who are you encouraging and strengthening with the good news of how God has freed you? Maybe it's an area where you feel like you've received total freedom, or maybe it's an area where you still feel like you're praying for freedom, but you've experienced bits of freedom and bits of change. God doesn't promise us freedom from every trial or challenge on this earth. He doesn't promise us freedom from every hard area of our life. If anything, he promises that we will face hardship and trials. In John 16, Jesus says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. There will always be trials on this earth, but with Jesus, there is always hope. With God, it is possible to be rescued from what seems impossible.
Wherever you are in need of freedom and rescue, would you be encouraged to turn to God and to pray for freedom, to do your part in becoming free and to use your freedom for God's purposes and his glory? God never promised that we would be free from pain or sorrow here on this earth, but he promises us something even better. God promises eternal freedom from the power of sin and death for all those who are in Jesus Christ. Whether you know it or not, the real freedom that your soul longs for and needs, the only freedom that will satisfy is the freedom found in Christ. It is spiritual freedom. The only way to truly be free here and into eternity is by believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible tells us that apart from Christ, none of us are free. All of us are slaves to sin. Romans in the Bible says all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. The penalty for sin is death. But the good news of the Bible is that God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sin. He paid the penalty so that we don't have to. And he rose three days later to new life. And all who place their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ will be saved. Their sins will be forgiven. They will be made right with God and they will receive eternal life that starts now and goes into eternity with Jesus forever. John 8, 36 says, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. If you want to be free from the power of sin and death, if you want to be made new in Christ and have your sins forgiven, you can say yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you can do that right now. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give us a moment now for you to make that decision. And so wherever you are at, you can just pray these words after me. You can say, and I invite you to say it aloud, to say it to the Lord God, I confess that I am a sinner in need of a savior. Forgive me for my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin and he rose three days later. I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior and I commit to following you all the days of my life. And if you prayed that prayer, we are so excited. We would love to celebrate with you your new life in Christ and be able to follow up with you. So if you prayed that prayer, if you made that decision to give your life to Christ for the first time, would you please send us an email so that we can follow up and celebrate with you? There will be an email address for our women's ministry listed on the screen. And if you send us an email, I will personally follow up with you via email. Email. And again, would love to celebrate with you and pray with you and just walk with you in your new journey with Jesus. Well, as we close, I just want to give us a space to talk to God about what we've heard today and to pray and both to talk to God as well as to listen to him. And so wherever you are at, wherever you are listening to this, I encourage you to take a posture that's comfortable for you, set aside distractions, um, maybe sit in your comfortable chair. Sometimes when I pray, I'll put my hands out in front of me, palms face uh, up like this, just as a way of saying Lord, I'm open. I want to receive whatever you have for me. But take whatever posture is comfortable. You can close your eyes if you want. And I just want to invite us to pray and talk to the Lord about two things. So first, I want to invite us to talk to God about this. Where do you need freedom in your own life? And what is your part to play in experiencing that freedom? Talk to God now. Sit with him on those questions. Where do you need freedom in your own life? And what is your part to play in experiencing that freedom?
And then second, I want to invite us to sit and ask God how he wants to use you and the freedom he's given you for his purposes. How might God want to use your story of freedom and rescue to strengthen and encourage others? So take a moment and ask the Lord. Say, God, how do you want to use me? How do you want to use the freedom you've given me to encourage and strengthen others? Father God, thank you for each of the women participating in Women's Bible Study. And God, thank you that you are a rescuing God and that you are a God who brings freedom, that our ultimate freedom and hope is found in you, Jesus Christ. Thank you for all that Jesus has done on the cross to free us from the power of sin and death. God, I pray for each woman, I pray that you would give her greater and greater freedom in her everyday life, in her journey. God, I just pray that you would help us to walk out greater and greater freedom in you, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I thank you for every woman who will respond to your gospel call during this teaching, during this session of Women's Bible Study. Thank you for every woman who has said yes to you and every woman who will make a first time commitment or a recommitment to follow you, Jesus. Strengthen us in our faith in you. God and use us. Use us and the freedom you've given us for your purposes and your glory. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks, ladies. Great to be with you.